my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. Today, we're going to talk to you about the number one mistake people make when applying for a new job. Marissa, you know quite a bit about this. How many applications have you gone through? Like, Why, why is this even a thing? Why are we talking about this? <laughs> why, why am I the expert on this? For so many reasons. Honestly, it stems back from back in business school that I attended. I used to work in our career center and then... For those of you who know my background, I worked in at Pepsi, big big beverage company for many years, and I did a lot of recruiting of people who were applying to, to join Pepsi. And so I looked at hundreds, probably thousands of resumes, did the interviews, and really love, I don't know, it's why I kind of ended up doing career coaching and then helping in, in Beach Commute, mixing that with our love of digital nomad life, helping people specifically get remote jobs. Because there's a lot of time that people waste doing things the wrong way. And when you know what you're doing, applying for jobs becomes so much easier, so much better, so much less time wasted, and ultimately getting that remote job so you can come travel the world with us. Is that a good okay. answer? That's a, okay, your qualifications, <laughs> clear, A+. Plus. Good. All Perfect. Right. You, 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 you passed the test. You're qualified you, to speak you. on the, the topic. <laughs> According according to this this guy. All right, so let's get back to the top. Getting back to the topic, there is number one. There is a mistake that people make. What is this mistake that people are making when they're looking for a new job? Yeah, so there are tons of mistakes, and we could get into to lots of different ones that people make when applying. But the number one biggest one that I want to talk about today that really can be the ninety percent game changer in getting a new remote job is instead of applying, most people will look online and say, all right, I, I, want, I know what I want. I want to take any job. I want to be remote and will apply to anything that comes their way pretty quickly, right? Let's say you apply to 70 jobs in a month. You're like, this one looks good. This one looks good. I could do that shotgun one. I could do approach. that one. This is a good, yeah, shotgun approach. I've got my resume. I'm going to yep. type in a couple things and I'm, I'm going to submit because it's like a numbers game. A lot of people incorrectly think if I, you know, if I apply to a hundred jobs, chances are one of them is going to work out. Instead of really taking your time with a couple of different executions for whether it's just you know a couple companies you're interested in or a couple of different job opportunities and really taking the time, and we're going to talk about what that means to take the time, what you're doing with that time, to fill it out well. So again, 100 you know, uh, C-plus applications is probably going to fail you versus if you do you know, six A-plus you know, applications and executions, you're more likely to get one of those jobs. So it's really quality over quantity is, is, is that number one mistake. And I want to talk today about what that means and what you can be doing better. Okay. I think most people do the quantity. Ver I mean, I did. It's God, it's been, <laughs> it is, it's been 10 years since I think I've put in an application anywhere. I don't even yeah. know where my resume is. It, <laughs> it might, it might be printed. I might have a physical resume. Yes. Is my, I might it. actually have to scan. <laughs> I might actually actually have to 
scan. I might have to find a scanner, and then I, I and do. then I might have to actually <laughs> scan it, <laughs> and then try to make some sense of. It. I was that guy though. So I was the guy that just like mass sent out everything, cover letter, tweak a couple. I think most people are tweak a couple things. You got multiple resumes, right? Like you got one type of job you're looking for, shoot out that resume. Another type of job you shoot out that resume, and just hope something sticks. But I know because I I hire pretty often as well. The second I put something on Jobvite, 150 people applied, right? And none of them, none of them are going to stick out to me. So like for, for me, I've, I've got my own set of criteria, but I, I haven't done it to the extent that you have. So like you're, you're kind of explaining, this is almost like ABM style recruiting uh, applying so account-based marketing for the people who know account-based marketing is like when you're marketing to a very specific person or organization you're not just like mass sending out email to them you're like learning who they are and sending them bottles of champagne and like (laughs) and and chocolate turtle doves and all that kind of stuff and it's like very very personal very personalized approach and you're kind of like you're framing this as though it's the same type it's almost like you're selling you're like account-based selling, but for a job. Is that right? Yeah, I love that. And typically when you're applying for jobs, I love just even thinking about that framework of like buying the champagne and the the chocolates or whatever, like you're you're courting someone, right? And so when you're on, you know, yes, that courting. works with Okay. Ooh, ooh. Courting. <laughs> is that a, is you're that courting your you're future employee. <laughs> That is our new, yeah, we're going to coin that one. I've never thought about it in that way. But instead of like, you know, if someone's going after a big account, like you just said, you know, you roll out the red carpets with gifts or, you know, you you think about clients who take people out to like, I don't know, baseball games or basketball, whatever. You know, it's obviously not that when you're applying to a job, but think about it to that same level of of care, of, of detail, and really specifically going after like one one company that you're interested in and do your research. So let's start with just the types of things that you can research, I think would be a good place. So like Jeff said, when he posts a job and someone, you know, you have 150 resumes or applications submitted within 10 minutes, how much research is anyone really doing? You see that and you're like, okay, maybe they're a good fit, but there's just, nobody really stands out in those sort of ways. So as an example, I remember I was hiring someone to do some some work for me for my coaching. And I just submitted um, a job listing on Upwork. It was sort of just some contract work I was looking for. But right away, in the same way, I had, you know, 75 people who's like, here's what I do. Here's why I'm good. It's just really generic response. And I had one girl who took, I don't know, probably, she probably actually only took 30 minutes. You know, this wasn't like a huge job application. But she wrote out these paragraphs and writing was involved with what I was looking for. And she was so specific and she was like, I'm a nomad too. I've spent some time in Mexico. I had to go back, but I can't wait to get back into it. Like what you're doing is my dream. You know, I I love all of this. Like she had researched me. We had a lot in common. I knew she could do what I wanted because she understood nomad life. You know, there's a lot to it, right? And so that one application, when she took 30 minutes longer to really do research about me and share about her, I hired her on the spot, basically. I did a phone call with her just to, See, she wasn't a crazy person, but, you know, it took me five seconds. And I was like, great, you're hired, right? Versus mm. 70 other people who maybe would have been qualified, but like she stood out. So what you want to do to start instead of applying to 100 jobs, you want to research whether that, that company, that person, whatever it is you're applying to. 
So you want to do a Google search, look through their social media, look at Instagram, look at Twitter, look at what's been posted about them in the news. I'll never forget, this was back in my Pepsi days. I was actually applying for a job at Chobani. They had reached out to me as a headhunter and I, I didn't even want to leave Pepsi, but it's always good to you know take interviews and things. And I remember I showed up to their offices in New York one morning and I got, I was talking to the CEO and I showed up and he was like, so did you see the news this morning? And the interview was at like, I don't know, 8 a.m. And I was probably 24 at the time. I was not a morning person. I am still not a morning person. As <laughs> was, was not a morning person. Was not. Even That's, more so back It's adorable. Then. <laughs> it's adorable. Still not a morning person. So like, did I check the news? Like I barely made the interview like on time, right? Did everything I could just to be there. And they had had some crazy like uh, operational mishap where like all of their yogurt like went bad. It was like terrible PR and it was like blowing up. And I knew nothing about it, right? So like didn't hear back after that. So the point is, like, you want to be able to speak to the industry, like, what's going on? What's going on with the company? What projects are they working on? What products have they launched recently? Like, know your stuff about, again, whether it's a big company or a specific, you know, if it's like a a small company, maybe know about the founder and what they're working on. Just you want to start to know the level of details is like a a step Mm -hmm. one. What you do with that is the next step. But any questions there, Jeff, as I just sort of talk about this? There's no questions, just a, a couple a couple thoughts on that that resonate with me first like yeah, there's a few please. things I love that go, your side of it too there's a there's a few things that go a long way with me and one a direct connection with my huge ego and that's flattery <laughs> when somebody because yeah. i'll get an application i'll get a job application from somebody and they'll like one in a hundred one in a thousand stuff like that they'll write something that says hey i read all your articles on moz about seo research and I really like them, and I'm interested in this job. And first off, you stroke my ego, and this works for everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't it care does, the it ego does. size. Like, you are a human being. You're operating on this. You've got the same operating system as everybody else at a basic level. And when somebody reads your stuff, they go to the t- – it tells you a couple things. One, it tells you that they care. Like, you can't you cannot hide that, that interest. They actually care. They put in the time. And the second thing is that they, they flattered you. And flattery is part of sales. So that that that's kind of a thing. And the second thing here is that you also can't hide passion. Or, or at least you shouldn't try to hide passion. If you if you come in if you come into a job and you're exuding passion for what it is that you're gonna do, or at least you convey that in some way, I'm gonna hire you. Absolutely. Like there's I can teach anything. I can teach SEO. I can teach content marketing. Anything that I do, I can teach you. I cannot teach passion. And I can't I can't teach just the interest and willingness to like to take that extra step. So if, if there are any competitors that you're going against, you're automatically number one. You just went top of the pile by doing everything that you just said. Yeah. I love that. It reminds me, I had a client one time who was in a, just a job she really hated, had been doing it for years. And when we were talking, we were, we really, what we were doing together is discovering like, what job did she genuinely want to do? Right. She was in this place where like, I know this isn't right, but what do I want to do in life? Like, what's the job I'm meant to do? So we looked and found like what her, what I call zone of genius. And then the industry that she was most excited about And she'd been working in an industry, uh, it was kind of like software marketing that she just wasn't specifically, had no, you know, passion for, like you said. 
And as soon as we found the topic that she was interested in, had to do something with pets, she was like, oh my gosh, this something clicked with her where she was Lit like, up. when I'm applying, she was like, I can be so genuinely excited now. This is making all the difference. So like you're saying, when she was applying to those jobs, you know, she had two dogs, like that was her life. That's what she loved. And that clearly came through when she started applying to jobs, whereas before she was applying to these industries that she had no interest in and hated, and there was zero passion, mm-hmm. and that came through. So she kept hitting these dead ends. So that wasn't even something I was thinking about talking today, but it's, it's such an important one, right? When you know what you actually love and you have passion for what you're doing, that also comes through so clearly in those mm. applications, and it's uh, definitely an important piece of it. That's, that's actually an understated part of the hiring process is that a lot of it a lot of it is very autopilot and formulaic and just going through the motions. But but when somebody comes in knowing what they're talking about, like this person that you just referenced that, that knows pets, knows animals, whatever, um, you're actually going to spark a conversation. And I think that's the idea behind an interview is to find a way to have a conversation as opposed to this just formulaic, almost passive thing where nobody's really saying anything but if you if you if you come in with that with that um yeah with, with that fire it's 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 actually going to set you apart it's great there's something we used to say at pepsi when we were hiring and that was you know yes you have to be qualified you know i say qualified we talked about this in a previous episode but you know smart enough to do the job you know have a good resume all those things but really what what got people the job, what we used to talk about was, am I going to want to sit next to this person on a plane for four hours on a business trip? Am I able to spend three <laughs> days with them point. on a business trip? Like, or people say the beer test. I want to go out and have, have a, I say a beer, a drink, a, a meal, whatever, right? It is the personality fit. And so when you talk about that conversation, going back to the girl who I hired, who, who you know, took her time and applied uh, for some help with me for coaching stuff. When we hopped on the phone, she had mentioned she'd lived in Puerto Escondido for several months. That was like kind of her beginning. No, Jeff has his face where he's like, yeah, I want to talk about Puerto Escondido. So we hopped on the phone and we just talked about that. And like, we probably had some people in common that she mm-hmm. knew, you know. So just sharing those genuine, natural parts of yourself that you're passionate about, your experiences, and when you've done that research about, like, that's how you know. I, I always tell my clients, like, almost think about it like you have a deck of playing cards. And you're like, hey, Jeff, like, I have a jack of clubs. I see you have a jack of clubs, too. Like, let's talk mm-hmm. about it, right? I have the, you know, eight of diamonds. You also like the eight of diamonds. Let's talk about it. So really, as you're doing this research, it's almost finding, like, what cards do we have in common? Like, what are you doing that I think is cool? Or maybe you're doing something that I have experience with that I could, you know, share something with. So... When it comes down to it, like, again, bringing it back to that high level number one mistake, if you're just taking your resume, submitting a a cover letter and changing 10 words in it, that's not going to come through when you submit any application. So you could be the Mm. absolute most qualified, best person for a job. And if you don't take the time to really make those connections, show those playing cards, show your passion, make it stand out you're just not even going to get considered. You're going to get passed over before you even get a chance to interview. So that's really the number one. Again, there's there's so many nuances within it. And there's a lot when it comes to how do you reach out to people? What do you actually say? Like, what do you do? But just to start thinking differently of stop applying to 100 jobs and mm. really figure out, you know, what are the companies that excite you? What are the roles that excite you? And take the time to find people at those companies, talk to them, have them be the ones to then say, oh, this person would be a great fit to the hiring manager. So again, there's a lot of nuances, but that's the sort of overarching, yeah, thing to think about today. 
So let's pull this back. Number one thing that people are doing wrong, shotgun yeah. approach, not yeah. putting in, not putting in the time, not human, like a, a, a human approach to it. And, and instead of treating it like, like a robotic experience for both yeah. uh, the recipient yeah. and for, for the deliverer of the, of the message. Okay. Got that. That's the number one thing. What else can, what else can we do to stand out? Yeah, there's so many different things. There's not a one size fits all. As an example, for those who have been listeners of the podcast for a while or go back and check it out, there was an interview I did with a nomad friend who was a client of mine, Wade Sellers, who, if you go back, he was the FBI agent on our podcast list. You <laughs> search for that one. And he actually talked about, he's he's great. He always, like, like you, I feel like he's never created a resume. He just naturally gets jobs because he's so passionate about a lot of things. And there was one job he applied for. Oh gosh, where was it? I want to say, like, oh gosh, it might have. It was like GoPro, or I think it was for GoPro. So it was like a big company, and he was like the least qualified person of anyone that applied. But he created this YouTube video just because he had the personality, he had the passion, and he created a video and submitted it to this team, and it kind of like went viral. He could see the view counts going, and it sort of like took off. But he was like, "Oh my!" He woke up the next day, and like thirty people had watched it because they passed it around. They're like, "Look at this guy who's applying with so much passion." Basically, so I'm not saying everyone needs to do that, but what you want to do is find ways to stand out in ways that work for you. So. Most of the time, that doesn't mean creating a YouTube video. It means you've done that research and you want to find specific people at that company to have an actual phone call with, like a human interaction, right? So what I do is, you know, go on LinkedIn, find the company you're interested, look at the list. And a lot of people incorrectly assume, like, I need to speak to the CEO, the CMO, the C something, right? The highest person at the company, because they're the ones who are going to, you know, get me in the door and make this hiring decision. And I always say, actually think about starting with someone who's around your level or even, even you know, quote, lower. Maybe they're, really? they're younger or less experienced to get your foot in the door, right? So they're mm. going to be the ones who have more time and are more likely to take your call, right? If you reach out to the CEO and you're, quote, nobody, right? For let's just assume we're nobodies. At, well, at it the depends moment. on if you if you flatter me by reading all my stuff. Like, you might, you might, like, you might get my attention. Yes. So, you know, all right, fair. Send me a so six pack could. of beer and you read all my stuff and you stroke my ego. You, you, you might get 15 minutes. I'm just saying. Maybe more. So next time know. we're hiring That's a beach mood. commute, you all know the secret. Send Jeff a six pack of a craft local beer from wherever you live. Thank you. That's cool. And just give him lots attention. of compliments about everything he's ever done. <laughs> and you will get hired. Is <laughs> <laughs> the secret secret for beach commute. It does Qualifications work. <laughs> out the window. Don't, don't care. matter. Don't, I won't even matter. look at I won't even look at your resume. <laughs> You'll send me beer, great. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. So you were semi-kidding, but semi-true. <laughs> yeah. But the point of it, you you could definitely go to the CMO or the CEO or whoever. And if it's a small company, maybe that's right. But I say start with the the, the lower down people because they're going to be the ones who are going to put you in touch with someone like you, Jeff, like, you know, like the CMO or like someone. Mm -hmm. So if you reach out to someone who's about your level, it's easy to say, hey, you know, I saw that you used to work in X, Y, and Z, and now you're working here. I'd love to, you know, I see that you've done blah, blah, blah. I'd love to learn more about how you got there and what it's like to work at this company. Like, would you be open to a 15 minute call? I'd love to learn more. So it's really about that person, right? And what mm -hmm. happens if you can get on the phone with that person, you then have a great conversation and that pat that's when you get into that like, oh, but you know, do you connect? Do you have a good time with that person? Is it a natural conversation? And if it is and they like you, 
a lot of people, one, sometimes get commissions for having referrals to new jobs at their company, right? So let's say you know, at Pepsi, I can't remember what it was. Maybe you get like $1,500 for referring someone to, you know, for for a role or whatever. And even if it's not, it's just like goodwill. It feels good. When your company's hiring, you're like, I've got the person, right? So Mm. whether there's an open role or it's just a company that you hope to work at one day, you want to talk to that person. And at the end of that conversation, if it's gone well, you get to say, hey, is there anyone, you know, would it be okay? Is there anyone else at your company who you think I'd be great? You know, I'd love to learn more. Can I talk to someone else on your team? Or can I talk to Jeff? I'd love to to speak to him. I've got some ideas. Or is there an HR hiring manager person that you could talk to? And so if you think about it, Jeff, if you have, you know, let's just say someone hasn't given you all the compliments and you have a hundred resume submissions, you know, that, that have come in, or you have someone who works under you on your team who says, Jeff, I just spoke to Marissa. We had this great 15 minute conversation. I think she's super qualified. She's really fun. She'd be great for the team. I think you should talk to her. Which is that who you're going to take? Or are you going to look at a hundred blank resumes you've never happened. done? Just happened. There you go. We were, that just happened. We were, we were hiring. Actually, I was the under person and I referred <laughs> to the CEO. Nice. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I had an interview with somebody. And she did very, very well. And again, kind of talking about this before, no experience whatsoever. Perfect personality (laughs) fit. No, like wrote me back afterwards and said, can I have the job, basically? And she's like, I really like everything I hear. Can I have this job? And I'm I'm talking to the CEO. He says, well, that that job is closed. Like we don't have a need for it anymore. And I, because she kept chasing me, um, and and we had we we now had a rapport, and she kept emailing me with so much passion. I told the CEO, I said, like the second we need to hire her for something, anything. <laughs> yes. That, no, that was no. It. like anything. I was like, if you get this person in the company, the company is going to be better. Period. The company will be better having her as an employee, no matter what comes up. Like we, right. we train her, train her on anything. Like I can't. Like I said, I cannot train somebody on passion and interest and just natural curiosity. And she kept she kept coming back to me, and I just kept feeding it up the chain, saying, <laughs> "You need to hire this person." And then right. we hired this person. And she's starting May thirty first. So Love it. same situation, but I was I was the lower person, and I was basically you're looking for advocates for you. Yeah, you're looking. For, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. a good way to put it. You're looking, you're looking for ad. You want to create an army yeah. of advocates inside a company so that. Like you, I think this is a perfect example of whether or not something's even available. If it is, it's easy to say, "Hey, I, you know, we had a great conversation, and I see this job is available. Can you put me mm-hmm. in touch with the right person?" But even if not, people really underestimate that. Where if you're the right fit and you're a great person, like you guys created a job almost. It sounds like, or or the next thing that becomes available is going to be for that person. But so many jobs have been created just because you're a good asset and, you, and they want you on that. And mm-hmm. there's a phrase I want to use as well. Um, so I used to. Had a whole business helping families with college admissions in the U.S. And with colleges, there's a there's a phrase they use called demonstrated interest, which means hmm. you know if you think about colleges, they it, it's kind of a weird game where they have a certain number of spots to fill, but a certain amount of people are going to choose other colleges. So let's say you give out 100 acceptances, 50 are going to say yes, and 50 are going to go to you know somewhere else that they've they've chosen. So the more that a college knows that you're interested in them, the more likely they are because they want to they want the people who they give offers to to accept, right? So how do you do that with with colleges as an example? You show that you've been to you know, you've gone to their campus to visit, you've gone to their online info sessions, you're signed up for their newsletter, you know, you've done the things, right? So the same can be said for a job 
then you show that interest as you're saying of like you're following them on social mm. media you know the things you know the people who work there you know what it's like you know why you want to work there and that can only be found from like stalking a company for better or worse right you could know that you like mm-hmm. a company and then when you start talking to people it sounds like the place from hell to work from because they've got a terrible culture right you probably don't want to work there but when you start to talk to people you get to you know we always used to say when you're in an interview and someone at the end says like, do you have any questions, right? You don't want to ask super obvious questions that you can research online of like, mm-hmm. how big is a company? What products do you sell? You know, that's obviously <laughs> yeah, super. Right. When were you founded? Who's the CEO? <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. you want to ask the things that can only be found out from speaking to someone. So if I'm mm-hmm. talking to you to start, let's say, and I'm, I'm like, what's it like to work there, Jeff? Like, what are the pain points you guys have? What, you know, what are you looking for someone to help with? What are you missing in this company? Like, those are things you can't research online. And so if I've had those mm-hmm. conversations with you, and then I go to an interview or I go to talk to the CEO or whoever is hiring, when I go in, I'm going to seem so knowledgeable because I have all this inside information that you can't find online. And that's going to make me look interested, stand out, show I'm passionate, show that I'm the right fit, show that I really genuinely want, you know, have demonstrated interest for this company. So that's... It's really mm. the gist of it. So we've talked a lot about behavioral things and uh, relationship types of types of things that you can do. We haven't said a word about cover letters or CVs, resumes. Do we have any thoughts on that? <laughs> do, are, are we going to go? Do we want to go there? <laughs> I think we won't. Go, uh, I'll it's just a formality. Information. It, it really is a formality. So inside our, our Go Remote Employment course, I do teach in depth of like, here's some really good resumes. Here's what you want to include, like all the bells and whistles. I've seen 10,000 resumes and my, and, and I've done a lot of career coaching and training on it. In my experience, it's helpful. It's one of those things that is not going to be the thing that gets you the job, but it can hurt you if it looks terrible. But that's also mostly when it comes to just kind of like applying a, online. Let me back, as a let's formality. just reiterate that real quick. It's not the thing that will get you the job but it can hurt you. I think that's, I think that's pretty powerful. I think that's pretty important. Yeah. Because a lot of people rely, they just rely on their CV and they, and they hope, and they just assume people are going to read it and their jaw is going to drop and they're going to get hired. Exactly. And that's why when we're talking, you know, rewinding, re, yeah, rewinding to earlier in our conversation, when like, think about that girl that you had that conversation with, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you could see you could have just seen her resume in a pile of a hundred resumes and it wouldn't have stood out or it would have been fine, but it's just as qualified as, you know, next person. And you don't have time to talk to 150 people in your day. Right. So the fact that you ended up speaking with her, like that's what got her the job. Like that, that's what did Mm -hmm. it. Right. So you could be the, I would say like, you could literally be the most perfect candidate on paper and there's a good chance you're not even going to get the job. Like so many jobs, I think an important stat, I think it's something like 80% of jobs are never even posted publicly. So if you Mm. think about this girl that you just hired, that wasn't, I don't actually know, but let's just say like, it sounds like you kind of created a role for her. It wasn't even a publicly posted job. Is that, or did you end up hiring her for something else that was posted? It was open and then it closed and then we found a role. So it was a weird, unusual So a kind of mix. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. but the point is, one, sometimes roles are never posted because as soon as something comes available, it's like you go to your internal network, the yeah. people who have, you know, here's here's someone I know, a personal referral. Yeah. Or even if it is at, at Pepsi and, you know, a lot of different, a, a lot of companies 
will are required legally to post things publicly and then they'll hire internally or they'll hire someone that they already they already have someone in mind right so you want to be that someone in mind you want to mm-hmm. have the conversation so again like if you i don't know how you end up talking to this girl there's sometimes like if if maybe someone you're going to have a phone call with them or have a conversation. You look at their resume and it's like terribly formatted and it mm-hmm. has a zillion spelling errors and just looks horrible. You might be like, like, maybe I won't talk to this person, right? So it's it's one of those things, again, If it, it can hurt you, but mostly it's something that people, there's a statistic that says someone will look at a, uh, at a resume for six seconds. So it's literally like you're scanning that, you see a couple words, you kind of see some experience, you make a game time decision of like, okay, I'll talk to them or not. But mostly it's the conversations that are being had. So again, with the resume, it's a formality. I was working with a client several nights ago where he's starting to apply. I've, I've helped him several through through several career changes and he's starting to apply to something new again. And he wants to, you know, fine tune his resume and spend all this time. And I was like, honestly, like it's, it's at a good place. You could spend seven more hours and make this thing, you know, perfectly perfect. But he's already, you know, dreading all the hours it's going to take to do the research and you know, do this. It's not an easy process for the job hunt, right? It takes time to research companies. So I was like, your time is going to be better spent starting with that. Like maybe spend one more hour to polish. You know, here's a couple of things you could quickly improve, but don't spend the seven hours making your resume like the, the absolute, absolute, absolute perfect thing. Like it, it needs to be in a good enough spot, but it's not the game changer. You make a damned good point with when it comes down to hiring people that you that you know that have already got an in and that could be referral like you like you mentioned mm-hmm. it can also be situations where you've snuck your way in because you did yes. you put in the time and you found <laughs> the people and you and you found yeah. your advocate your team of advocates um, yeah. the majority of the time when I post a job listing it's because I have to legally do so exactly. and yeah. probably most of the time I've already chosen the person I want to hire right? <laughs> Honestly, I've already chosen the person I want to hire. And, and people assume that when these job listings are open, that they're open to everybody. They're not, really. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're only yeah. on paper. Yeah, they're yeah. only on paper open to everybody, right? Yeah. So, like, it it really comes back to that first point. But bringing it back. You yeah, yeah. That. Coming Coming back down to the, to the resume, the CV thing, I just yeah. want to make sure that you're a human being. You have a pulse. Yes. That's it. Like, I'm just checking to make sure that you don't have egregious errors. I want to make sure that you completed K through six, K through six. Honestly, your, your certificates don't give a shit. What school you went to don't give a shit. Like really 99% of it is everything that we already talked about. Did you get in? Do you show, do, do you show like uh, legitimate interest and charisma? Are you charismatic? And then, yeah. Everything else can follow after that. Yeah. And the cover letter, I just want to quickly hit on that, is very similar to the resume as well. Typically, a a cover letter just goes hand in hand with the resume that you're required to submit online. And oftentimes, they do that just so it cuts down. It's like one more little filter where, you know, if you only have to submit a resume, 10,000 people would apply. If you have to take a little bit of time to do a cover letter, too. It just sort of cuts down the number of people. And like a resume, it needs to be good enough, but people are never really looking at it. What I think makes a bigger difference, and it's very similar to a cover letter, is the email that you reach out to people with to get that conversation and start building your advocates with, you know, to say like, hey, will you have a phone call? And that can be similar to a cover letter. And it's, it's so much detail. We're not going to go at, into that at the moment. And 
again, inside our Go Remote Employment course, I teach the cover letter. But what I more importantly teach, in my opinion, is like, what is that? What goes in that email outreach or how do you get the, you know, if you think about that girl you had a conversation with, it's like, how do you get that phone call when you don't know anyone? So it's a little Mm. bit easier you know, let's say I want to apply to your company and we have a friend in common. I'm like, hey, can you connect me with Jeff? You're going to be likely to to take my call. But if you don't know anyone, that's where the training comes in. That's where the secrets come in, where it's like, how do you find the right people? How do you find their contact information? What do you say to them? Honestly, this outreach is like what blows people's minds when I blows people's mind, can't speak when I coach people, because it's the opposite of what everyone thinks that they should write in that, in that email. And that's how you get the conversation. That's how you start building relationships. And that's really when everything starts to change. So again, bringing that back to the big picture, you know, there's so many layers underneath this number one mistake, right? But again, think about it from, from this is like, just stop applying to hundred jobs, really start doing your research, finding the people, building your your team of advocates within a company so that when a job is open or if it's already open, they they really want to hire you. So we've been talking about jobs in general. Obviously at Beach Commute, we're, we're specifically talking about remote jobs here because we want the ones that you can do while you're traveling the world. But whether you're, you know, there's there's another layer to, to prove that you can do that, that we could talk about another day. But in short, it's the same tactics, whether you're applying to a remote job that you can do while you're traveling or any job, like the same basic techniques to get that interview to start are really, really what is in store here. There really is a thousand things that we could talk about. I don't, I don't, I don't think that we should. I think it all really does come down to like, this 99% of it is everything that we talked about here today. Is is there anything else that you think is crucial that we missed that, that maybe we should cover? That's the big thing I want to cover today. I think maybe in the future we'll do some some other episodes that get into more details of, of some, you know, you can talk about what do you say in those emails? What do you say when you get those phone calls? How do you, you know, people are always asking, how do I even know what I want to work on to begin with? How do you, you know, find those things that bring you passion? Like these are all other topics to talk about. But I think just for the, the essence of, of what we wanted to talk about today, this covers it all. But if you're listening and you have any questions, as always, feel free to reach out out to us and ask questions if there's any other topics you want us to cover but any other thoughts on your end jeff no i think i mean honestly it all comes back to one central theme and the theme is building relationships and figuring out the best ways to do it and you outlined some some very very doable stuff there's 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 not a whole lot of complexity to this honestly what it comes down to from my takeaway from everything that you told me today which is pretty informative for me and understanding my own brain as a as a hiring, <laughs> like, oh, that's as a hiring manager, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's yeah, understanding myself. This is almost a psychology session <laughs> on on me for me. Was that you? You just got to put in the time. Really, it's. I was just, gonna say that effort. yeah, like as you as you ask, like what is the last thing kind of we want to say is that. It's simple, but it's not easy in that it takes the time, right? Like a yeah. lot of people dread it because it's not the most fun thing, right? Spending three, four hours researching a company, really taking your time to craft an email and, you know, again, show those cards, show that passion, show what you have in common. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to do, but it does it does take time and, and effort and research. And so many people dread that. And, you know, it's, it's just kind of one of those things in life that, you got to do. And when people, you know, I hate using the word networking because people hate it. So let's talk about relationship building instead. Right. But 
it takes time and it takes, you know, energy and, and research to do it. And a lot of people just aren't willing to do it. And so if you are the person who's willing, like if you have a dream to travel the world, to get this remote job, to do something that you really love, take the, the short-term time to, to do these things, even though it's not pleasant, because in the end, you're going to be so much happier. I think what people forget is like the long-term gains of thousands of hours that you're working every year where you're getting to travel. Like your, your life is going to be better to spend a couple hours in the short term being miserable, but so many people are not willing to do that. So that's kind yeah. of my last takeaways. And don't over rely on the resume. It's, it's a pulse. It's a pulse check. It's just to make sure that you're human. It's like nothing in there is really going to blow anybody's socks off. Everybody's seen somebody with a Stanford education. Everyone's seen somebody with a certificate in the degree, in the the position that you're trying to hire for, and I'm not impressed. You're not impressed. Don't, don't <laughs> Jeff like, will not be impressed. I'm not. Just spend your time. Spend your time on on everything that we talked about. Build relationships. Do that. I think that's a good wrap up. If you have any questions, any further questions for me, me or probably Marissa on this one for sure. Write us in hello at beachcommute.com. Um, check out our course, beachcommute.com backslash GRE, where we talk about all of this stuff and in more detail in our course, our Go Remote, Go Remote Employment course. We've got Dr. Seuss speaking. <laughs> Jeff can never say those words, so we should rename it just for him. <laughs> I'll just stick with GREs probably. Probably so. Yes. For, for me. Other than that, I, th- I think that's a wrap. Marissa, thank you for your insights. Thank you, everybody. And we will see you on the next episode of Digital Nomad Experts Podcast. Yeah.